Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hello, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. The main focus of the show is to highlight and showcase the stories of minority women in STEM. It is my belief that if we want to encourage minority girls to pursue STEM careers, they should first hear and learn from those who have lived those stories. It is my job to provide a safe environment for them to do so. So let's welcome this beautiful and vivacious woman in STEM to our show. Our guest today is Sudeshna Sen. She is the founder of The Abundant Psyche. She is a career strategist and productivity geek who also has a real life job. Much of what she speaks is from her experience of navigating her career and what she has witnessed with the careers of her students and clients. She is spiritual and brings some aspect of practical spirituality into what she teaches. Let's welcome Sudeshna to the show. Hi, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos. Our guest today is Sudeshna Sen. Um, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. How are you? Thank you, Natasha. I'm I'm great. Thank you so much. You're you're welcome. I want my guests to know where you are. Where where are you right now? I am in London and home in a lockdown. So, yeah. <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so, what we do um, generally, how we start to show every show is by asking all of our guests to tell us your STEM story. Yeah. So my STEM story actually starts when I was about 11, 12 years old. I hated math. And my uh, brother, well, my cousin brother, he told me, look, you don't get to hate hate math because um, you have to love it. There's no choice. If you want a job, if you want to become big in life, you need to love math. And that's about it. And so I decided, well, I don't have a choice about it. So I'm going <laughs> to fall in love with math. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and then um, what happened is I, I did my uh, school, my high school. I uh, studied math and biology and uh, did my physics and chemistry. And then I sort of decided that um, for uni, I'd rather go to do a degree in economics which was more mathsy than engineering um and uh, that is why i have two science degrees in economics rather than um a liberal arts degree and what 
I did with economics is pretty much went down that quantitative route and um, I was graduating just around the time the financial crisis broke and I knew that I wanted to be in banking because that's the most quantitative thing that I knew and that's how I ended up in consulting but kind of found my way back into banking within six months because I was like if I don't do banking that's it I have to do banking. There's no choice about it. I have to do my math. And that's how I continued working in STEM. So currently I head up a data science team um, and it's been about 10 years or so. I have been in data science much before it started becoming popular. So mm. there, there's my story. Wow. So, 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 so this is interesting. So, um, I am currently taking um, some data science classes. Um, I'm taking my first Python class right now. Um, it is not the yet yeah, right. Um, so it, it's but I, I so what I'm enjoying is the process of it um, and understanding how you break big data down into these little buckets that can be handled when you you know you make your model and you you do the you do your analysis in that way so um i'm enjoying it that way has it is it has it how has it evolved uh since you've been involved with it so since i was in uni i think when i was in uni about 10 years or so back um I was learning more of R and because it's economics, I was doing a lot of abstract math, but also was doing a lot of statistics and time series modeling, mm -hmm. all of which uh, ultimately formed the basis of machine learning. Um, we used to call it more statistics than machine learning or data science back then. And I used to do a lot more of R. I think over the last 10 years, what has happened is because of the explosion of big data, because of the new cloud platforms being available at your fingertips, literally you can spin up a AWS server or Google cloud platform. I think they are giving you their resources that you can run your model on for free. So all of that has suddenly changed data science from being something that belonged only to the elite researchers in universities to what is accessible for even a student right so uh, and and of course the open source in python especially i think has made it massively accessible to even people who do not have a grounding in statistics so i think the ease of making data work for you has changed phenomenally in the last 10 years. So how, how are you using um, data science in your everyday jobs? Yeah, so what I do is I, I say I advise businesses on how to improve their revenue, decrease their cost, make their products better, all with using data and analysis. Now, sometimes that data and analysis can be as simple as drawing up some bar charts. Mm -hmm. 
most times what I do end up doing though is I'll uh, run a couple of machine learning models mm -hmm. and then on top of that I would use my business degree which is thankfully in economics so I understand the business bit of it yeah. uh, happy coincidence there so that helps me almost translate all of that data and statistics into actually actionable insights that businesses can then go in implement and actually make more money, serve their customers better, improve supply chain um, logistics, the, the sort of um, kind of breakdown that we saw in supply chains globally. That is one of the things that you can optimize quite easily with data, not something that I'm personally an expert in. Uh, i.e. in supply chain management but yeah that is something that uh, many of my colleagues actually do a lot i tend to help banks actually more than other industries because that's again the sort of industry right. i have always been aligned to right right so how has being first how has being uh how has being a woman in in this field impacted your life Oh, and being a minority woman. Oh, yeah. Um, so I work in banking, in tech, in consulting. So all of those fields are extremely, extremely male dominated. So most of the times I'd find myself in a room, me being the only female. Uh, there were times actually when I moved to the UK, um, this was about five to six years back when I moved from India to UK, you know, you already have this cultural, um, I guess, lack of confidence because you are moving continent suddenly and kind of being thrown into um, the top performing uh, financial city in the world. Right. So I was already a bit nervous and there were, times when I was probably made to doubt myself more than I needed to. Um, and this was not uh, because of the companies that I worked for. You know, the companies that I worked for, in fact, Deloitte, PwC, they are great at championing minorities, championing um, women in tech. However, it ultimately boils down to people you work with. So. Mm -hmm. I often say that the best teams that I have worked with have been all men. The worst teams I have worked with also have been all men. So <laughs> right. They are not the problem. It's just who they are as people. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. So if you could, um, if you could, who, what's been the, the, the greatest lesson you've learned as, um, as a minority woman in STEM? Have confidence in your abilities and never doubt yourself. Um, it might seem like we don't know much. We, it might seem like we are not competent enough, but I promise you that if you have gotten to as far as you have gotten, it is because you know certain things. And I mean, Confidence, I think, is a product of quite a number of things, competence being one, and we almost automatically go to competence. But there are other things like, for example, if you look at 
the biochemistry of the body. Testosterone as a hormone is something that provides men with the amount of confidence that they have. And, you know, as women, we have less of testosterone. So at times we are just how we are probably slightly shy, slightly introverted, slightly lacking in confidence just because of hormonal differences. And, you know, that has no bearing on competence. So when people start drawing out conclusions based on how confident you are and translates that into how competent you are, that's not right. And I think we tend to do a lot of that. And my advice, I think, to any young woman getting into the field would be, yeah, there's imposter syndrome. Be careful and understand it right. Competence can be overcome, but overcoming the lack of confidence is much harder than it seems. Wow. Wow. So have you, have you, have there been times when you have felt the imposter syndrome uh, sort of exists? It's sort of in, it's in there, like you're in a room and you're like, wow, how did I get here? Um, and then what did you do to overcome that? Well, I, you know what, funny thing is, I talk so much about imposter syndrome and how it's affected my life, but I, I, I'm guilty of facing that um, from time to time, even today. It's not like we are above this. I'm not some goddess above this planet and <laughs> speaking about this. In fact, yesterday I was talking to a bunch of um, very senior data science asset managers and one of the biggest companies that you probably would have heard of. Um, mm. And I was wondering, well, these two men are actually listening to me and commending me on what I did. Am, am I really worth it? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. So I texted an ex-colleague of mine who According to me, he's one of the best data scientists and one of the best um, quantitative brains I know. And I messaged him saying, um, Alistair, are you sure I'm good enough for this? And he was like, look, um, you are. And you are one of the best data science consultants I know. And that's a rare breed. And I was like, don't tell me anything just to please me. So my automatic response was, oh, you must be lying. Right, not to knock it down. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, well, he, he persisted and I was like, okay, you know what? I have seen this before and now I'm more matured than I was five years ago. So mm -hmm. I kind of understand that um, this is probably my brain talking rather than me. Um, but overcoming imposter syndrome has been twofold in my case. One is tackling the competence bit where, yeah, I, I do a lot of self-studying. I do the Python. I do the R. I make sure that people can't challenge me on my knowledge. So that is, that is a given. After you get to a point, that becomes a given. The second part, though, has been tougher, I think, with lots of mental work. So that's how I got into understanding. I think we spoke about this slightly 
uh, earlier about how our body works, how the biochemistry of the body works. So that's given me quite a lot of confidence in understanding that, okay, you know what, it's it's in the mind, but also actually in the body. So it's helped me to kind of distance myself from the uh, fear a bit and mm -hmm. look at it more objectively. And then the third thing I think has been, um, I meditate quite a lot. So um, the five years ago, whenever I went through that project, when um, it did not go very well because of whatever reasons, minority, female, all of that put together in banking and tech. So that did not go down very well, but that kind of, put me on a journey of self-reflection and breakdown, but also self-reflection and realization in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, and I discovered meditation and spirituality then. And I have since then been constantly trying to balance the spiritual side and the scientific side of me. And it's been interesting and very rewarding as well. So. Okay, so we're going to come back to that because I'm, I'm interested. Um, but I did want to ask you um, this question about um, how you guys are managing right now in the, um, in the midst of, the, of our COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so you're still working and you're still doing what you're doing, but so how are you, how are you, and then how is your, um, your business? Right. So two things. One is I actually have uh, my corporate day job, but I'm because uh, I'm on maternity leave from that. I actually am not working on the job right now. OK. Mm -hmm. um, on my business that I started while I was on maternity leave because <laughs> I have a busy head uh, <laughs> is doing well, I think I am really surprised by how well people have taken it. And I suppose people have taken to it well because I don't come from a place of, okay, I know everything. I come from a place of, look, I'm on this journey with you. Mm -hmm. I also don't come from a place of, hey, I'm the HR person and the coach that you always needed. I actually walk the talk and I'm actually doing the work myself. So I think that's been perhaps slightly refreshing for people to understand. Well, coaching is not always about, um, you know, it's, and I have the highest regards for the HR professionals. They, they are really good at what they do, but not always are they in your shoes when you you probably have meetings to run to some code to write and also be managing your team. So it's it's a very different sort of um, environment. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so to tell us what your tell us what your business is and you know give us a name and and. Um, where we can find you, even though I know we will, we will actually put it in the, um, in our uh, episode recap, but tell us now. <laughs> yeah, so I run the Abundance Psyche, so it's a blog mostly, and I think most of the times, 100% of 
my material is free. Um, what I do with the abundant psyche is it's aimed at career professionals. I help them navigate their career challenges, whether that be in terms of uh, resume repositioning, career change, or it be, well, you know, I actually am lacking in that confidence or I think I'm not productive enough. So I would go down and either in form of coaching or courses, get down to why is it and how can I solve your problem together with you? Not like uh, generally people who have taken my courses, they get WhatsApp messages from me personally rather than, um, and that's that's not very common uh, if you are doing courses, especially on Udemy or something. So that's um, that's slightly different. And that's how I kind of want to run my business because your business needs to um, reflect your ethos at some point. So, Well, that's right. <laughs> um, and so where can they find you? Just give us your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, if you're on Twitter, all those things. Yes, I'm not on Twitter, but my website is theabundancepsyche.com. And on Instagram, I'm at the rate Abundant Psyche, Facebook at the rate Abundant Psyche. Uh, there's a free gift that I actually put together for listeners of your podcast, because I know that everyone here is a STEM person. So they are probably as geeky as me in terms of <laughs> understanding the neuroscience and then actually using the neuroscience and chemistry to um, improve their confidence. And like I, I think we spoke about earlier that if I could give myself a gift 10 years back, it would be this. And that's that's exactly what I've packed it in into this um, downloadable. It's uh, it's on theabundantpsyche.com slash stemming hyphen in hyphen stilettos. Gotcha. Love it. I love it. So our last question, and I think you've sort of answered it, but just want you to um, to make sure, sure is um, if you could revisit your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? I would ask her to be more confident. That's it. I would say have confidence in your abilities you have got here, not by fluke. A fluke does not happen multiple times in your life. And if you have gotten here this far, understand that you are competent, but there are other things that you do need to work on, like confidence, like making people like you, like being productive every not every day of your life that would be harsh but as much as possible in life so you need to work on the other things as well as uh, being competent so spend some more time understanding the softer side of things integrate that with science that's that's great but make sure that you are doing the other bits as well I love that. So I think comp confidence um, is a is a really good equalizer um, in a lot of spaces because, you know, like you, you spoke earlier about how men just sort of have that um, even when they are less qualified and women do not. So there was that study that yeah, I know that keep, people keep bringing it up, but like a man can be um, have, you know, 
three three of the qualifications for a job and he's going to apply for it anyway, whereas a woman won't even attempt. Yeah. Um, and so we we kind of sort of need to, or at least I believe we we need to adopt that mentality. Like I, you know, I know I have I can do this job, um, even when <laughs> on paper it says maybe not, <laughs> yeah. um, because sometimes it's about getting in the room. Yeah. Um, and if we don't apply, that that already means that we're not in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And. If I'm honest, I have written um, several job postings. I've been on the side of the hiring manager, worked with Deloitte and PwC, and I can tell you that not a single time when we did actually write down a job spec were we expecting everyone to be checking every point, but that automatically sometimes meant that we were getting in. The more technical the role, the more I think like you said, uh, if men have three out of 10, they'll apply. If women have nine out of 10, they'll wonder, should I apply? Mm -hmm. And that's that's not, um, and that doesn't help us in solving this um, problem of imbalance of women in tech. And it doesn't, um, but I think hearing your story um, and the work that you're doing and the other work that you're doing in terms of helping them on the on the sort of personal professional side gain that confidence or sort of have a pathway so that they can um pull pull together a plan towards getting the needed skills or gaining that confidence or moving you know moving or navigating the space i think is really helpful and it's what is what we need um to be doing so thank you for doing that work for us yeah, I love it. So yeah, that's why I do it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for agreeing to be on the show today. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you did too. Yes, I did very much indeed. Thank you so much, Natasha. And I will speak to you soon. Yes, you will. And to my audience, I will be speaking to you soon as well. All right. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Stimming in Stilettos. I sincerely hope that you learned something new from our guest today. Remember that you can listen to Stimming in Stilettos anywhere podcasts are found. You can follow us on Facebook at Stimming in Stilettos. You can find Dr. Tasha on Facebook and Twitter at Dr. Tasha 11, Instagram at Dr. Tasha. So until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stimming in Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stimming in Stilettos.